What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey folks, so we are full steam ahead on our Lakers Legacy free agency coverage this offseason. Want a well-organized way to keep up with all the random names and contractual minutia that we'll be spitting in the forthcoming episodes? Well, we've created a seven-page mega free agency doc for our Patreon listeners with a comprehensive list of relevant free agents this offseason, categorized by market value, mini MLE, vet minimum, etc., position, and free agency status. Unrestricted free agent, restricted free agent, club option, player option, partially guaranteed, etc., etc., So yeah, we just think it'll be a great accompaniment to our forthcoming free agency episodes where you'll probably be wondering where in our butts we pulled certain names from. So to get that, please go to patreon.com slash thelakerslegacypodcast, donate as little as a buck, and that document is yours. Otherwise, please support us by leaving us a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcast app. So with that said, thank you for your support, and now, on with the showtime. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where NBA free agency can be an utter crapshoot when it comes to determining whether it will be a buyer's or seller's market for any particular year. Well, as far as the Lakers are concerned, they just want to make sure it's a good buyer's market for some very particular members of their own 2021-2022 team, because that's a team we quickly want to forget. I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tommy Alexander, and today we are officially tipping off our early NBA slash Lakers free agency coverage. So this episode will be sort of a short micropod primer slash bridge into all of that. And we know right now there's a lot of talk going on about the Lakers head coaching search and 
the craziness that's happening up top with the Rambi and Phil Jackson maybe being an influential voice in who the next coach is going to be. We will get to our thoughts on the Lakers head coaching situation at a later time. Although, spoiler alert, we really like Darvin Ham, and we've tweeted out as much. So go Darvin Ham, let's go Ham. Just please anybody but Mark Jackson and Doc Rivers. But for now, we're going to provide some counter-programming and just dive right into some early free agency coverage so that you guys can hear something a little bit different from what everybody else is currently covering right now, i.e. the head coaching search. So first, we'll just talk about our general thoughts on free agency And then in the second segment, I'll also outline to you guys all of the the up-in-the-air TBD players this offseason who could be free agents but aren't as clear-cut as the unrestricted free agents who have no caveats attached to them. So I'll get to that in the second segment. But for now, Tommy, welcome to the show. How you doing? Thank you very much for having me today, Jonathan. I am doing fine. Perfect. So to tee us off, to tee us up, tee us off or tee us up? To tee us off, <laughs> tee us up. <laughs> to tee us up for our free agency coverage, why don't you give me your free agency preamble for this front office, Tommy? We don't have to go through the litany of things that they've done wrong this year, but it seems like they've done a lifetime of wrong in this one season. So what is the philosophy you hope the front office takes this summer? Do you think they have enough of a sample size at this point in the last three or four years to know what they screwed up on? Uh, to know what they did successfully, what worked out, and are you confident that they can find a happy, successful medium? Before you go, I'll just give my spiel, because the one thing that I want to say about the front office entering free agency is process is important. I think the front office can take gambles, but I want them to take ones that make intuitive sense. Don't sign injury-prone veterans. Can Oladipo and TJ Warren potentially pop? Do they have high upside? Yes, for sure. But given our history, given the last year, I would leave that type of gambling for another team that can afford to take such wild swings like that. So for me, it's all about doing right by process. If you can do right by that, I think we'll be good. Get younger, hungrier, more athletic players. Get players with size. Actually think about fit this time over just talent and big names. All of these things seem obvious, but I'm just reiterating them. And going back to the point that process is so important. That doesn't mean things will work out. Like, for example, the Kendrick Nunn, Emily signing. Process-wise, I think that made sense. We got younger. We needed a primary playmaker, another primary secondary playmaker. He just got injured. That can happen. But at least I can go back and say, okay, that kind of makes sense. But if you're going after these big names who are injury-prone, like Victor Oladipo and TJ Warren, you're almost asking for it. And given what you've just experienced, I don't think that's good process-wise. So what's your free agency preamble for this front office? Pay attention to, you know, I hope they pay attention to, like, what is working out for other teams in in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. You know, they've had two years in a row of this now. And I think if you look at the teams that are having continued success, you know, uh, versus the teams who are sort of making, seem to be making the same mistakes year after year. I think it's like, you know, the NBA is shifting a lot more to, uh, you're, it's still a star dominated league in the sense that you want those stars to carry you in playoff games. We have those stars. So the teams that have success are surrounding those stars with guys who can do everything. It is a shift in mentality from like, 
you know, what this team is or organization is sort of used to. And that's where I get sort of concerned with like the old guard and, and the ran by and, and, you know, everybody who's like kind of stuck in the two thousands, like this isn't a specialist league anymore. Of course you want guys, you know, who can do, if, if you can get a guy who can do one thing very well, that's, you know, that could potentially be super valuable to you. But, you know, I, I guess like last year we saw a lot more of this old school mentality of like, okay, we need shooters. Let's go get Wayne Ellington. Let's go get, you know, these guys that have historic historically been known as being good shooters. Oh, we need another ball handler. Let's go add like five small guards. You know what I mean? And it's like less of a focus on what are they going to do for you on the other, on the other side. Carmelo Anthony was one of our best players this year, believe it or not. Um, but mm-hmm. he, you know, He's very much one-dimensional at this stage in his career. Um, so, you know, look look at the other teams, see, and hopefully see what has worked for them, and that is dynamic guys who could play both sides of the court. They don't necessarily need to be experts at doing, you know, one thing, but if they can defend and they can, you know, do some things with the ball in their hands, that should be able to carry you a long way. Yeah, no, I like that answer a lot. And in addition to what I said about process, the other thing I hope the Lakers keep in mind is creativity, thinking outside of the box. As we've both alluded to, stop just going for the big names. You need to moneyball the margins. Finally do that this offseason. You have so many, so many guys at your disposal, so many hungry young players looking for their next contract, looking to make a name for themselves with the Los Angeles Lakers, who they probably grew up watching as fans. And it's funny, right? We're the Lakers. We have such a focus on big names, but because we're in Los Angeles, we're the Lakers, we should actually fall back on that brand and understand that we make the big names, you know? Alex Caruso made a name for himself, but just being a Laker in and of itself, we don't need to always get a full roster, a chock full roster of big names because the Lakers kind of elevate people themselves. It's kind of like a symbiotic relationship, right? If you come to LA and you do your part, you play your role, we'll help elevate you. We've done that so many times. Like just playing with LeBron and AD elevates you. As as you mentioned, looking at some of these players, like look at the entire Memphis Grizzlies roster full of names you've never heard of, right? But they're contributing to playoff basketball. Imagine what they would do on the Lakers. So... So obviously for free agency, what are the tools the Lakers have to use? As of right now, they are a capped out team paying luxury tax, which means the Lakers will only have the mini MLE of about $6 million to use. Everything else will have to be minimums. And then obviously whatever happens in a Russell Westbrook trade or a THT trade. Uh, If the Lakers can offload Westbrook by either stretching him or salary dumping him to a team like OKC for more salary cap space, then they do have the potential to open up the non-taxpayer MLE of about $10 million and the BAE of about $4 million. If they use either of those tools, they hard cap themselves and they have to stay under the tax apron. And if you're using one or the other, you may as well use both, right? So in that scenario, given the landscape of free agents that are out there and me not really seeing anyone worth $10 million of significance, if the Lakers are able to open up the non-taxpayer MLE of about $10 million, I'd actually, if I'm the Lakers, consider splitting up that TPMLE of $10 million into like a flat or an even $5 million and $5 million or $6 million and $4 million so they can potentially go after two players. 
Then if you tack that on along with the biannual exception of $4 million, the Lakers would have three shopping tools above the veteran minimum at their disposal that will all be around 4 to $6 million that should help them, I feel like, fill out a more consistent and competent roster. So, And also trade-wise, that'll help with any salary ballast down the line. Uh, so with that out of the way, Tommy, to close this segment out, I just wanted to ask you, based off of last year's roster, out of the unrestricted free agents that we have, who would you like to keep? So we're not going to put we're not going to put Monk in this discussion because obviously we'd love to keep him if he was willing to sign for the mini MLE. So I'm going to assume that you also want to pick up the options on Austin Reeves and Stanley Johnson. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So that leaves Wenyan Gabriel on the fringes, Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard, DJ Augustine, Kent Bazemore, Wayne Ellington. We also waived Trevor Ariza before the season ended. And then, of course, Avery Bradley, the Avery Bradley challenge, the worst challenge since the mannequin challenge. So pretty much all the old guys. Out of that crop, who would you keep? Yeah. So of the old guy crew, um, I think the only one I would consider bringing back is probably Carmelo. I I hate to say no Dwight um, because Dwight was such a big part of our championship team, but you know, it, it it is actually the case that, like, you know, our championship team... Dwight signed with us for that championship roster nearly three years ago. So, you know, when a guy, especially a center, especially a center who's had a long career of injuries, starts to get up there in age, it, he, you know, he could start falling off a, a cliff pretty pretty rapidly. I think Dwight is still a above-average defensive center. Um, but because of, you know, the limitations he sort of has offensively, he's not nearly the lob threat that he once was, even the lob threat that he was two years ago. He His defense needs to be perfect. And when we won the championship, Dwight was, I'm fairly certain, and somebody can fact check me on this, but I'm fairly certain he was the number one defensive center off the bench in the NBA. Mm. Um he, I, oh, of all centers, I'm pretty sure he was above league average, um, you, you know, factoring in all the starters. So that was a lot of value for a minimum center off the bench on a team that was trying to play big. The further his defense starts to dip, which I think we started to see that a little bit this year, he's just not the same he, he was, you know, mobility-wise uh, two years ago. So I think he's unfortunately, you know, past the edge uh, or past the – sort of edge of his effectiveness in his career. I think like none of the other guys really give us anything um, that we can try to build off of for next year in terms of what I was laying out before, you know, with, with respect to guys who can do a little bit of everything and play both sides of the floor. The one reason I'm okay with Carmelo is because the guy is just like an unconscious shooter. That's not going away. And he has proven this year that, You know, he doesn't, I mean, we needed him sadly to play like 25, 30 minutes a game, but even if he doesn't play 25, 30 minutes a game, he can come in cold and and hit some shots for you. Um, So as a deep bench sort of player, uh, you know, a guy who will hopefully be a mentor for younger guys and, and, you know, just to have one of LeBron's guys on the end of the bench, I'm okay with Carmelo. But to be honest, if we didn't bring any of these guys back, I think that would be okay too. Well, also with Carmelo, it's probably he's probably going to look better for a longer sustained period of time if he's not playing 25 minutes a game. Exactly. And in a, with a roster that's has more perimeter defenders around him, you can probably play Carmelo more, you know? So it's like, I, I, I agree with you. I would want to keep Carmelo first, 
Wenny in second, and Dwight I'd be okay with as a 15th guy, but I'm not attached to at all. Because, you know, Tommy, Dwight was our best three-point shooter last year. I don't know if you know this or not. He shot shot 53% from three, hitting 8 of 15. So, I mean, just saying, maybe if we had bought into Dwight as our spacing big, we could have seen a whole nother Dwight. And I will say, to Dwight Howard's credit, if he hadn't been jostled back and forth in the lineup and the rotation... I feel like he would have been able to find a rhythm, and we saw towards the end of the season, oh, that guy can still get up. I don't know if he can get up for 82 games in a season, but presumably if you bring him back, he would just be a break-in-case-of-emergency sort of guy. But yeah, I'm with you, though. I I think at this point I'd rather take a G League flyer on a a young athletic big like Moses Brown or or DJ Wilson. Um, Your thoughts on... Wenyan Gabriel really quickly and whether... Because for me, I, I put him on the fringes here because if we can get you know, another Stanley Johnson-esque player for the vet minimum, I'm okay with sort of not re-signing Wenyan Gabriel and maybe having him just come back to the G League or have, have him play for the G League for us. Because I, I still think that there are some G League guys that we passed on, like DJ Wilson, who may even be better than Wenyan Gabriel, which is why I'm not totally attached to him. Yeah, I mean, I... I like Wenyan, and I, I think, you know, as a prospect, I've always liked him since we brought him in for that drill, and he allegedly, like, you know, was the, yes, was the number his one. claim like, to fame. <laughs> yeah, his claim to fame is the number one Laker mentality drill scorer of all time. <laughs> but, you know, he he has shown potential. I like him as a defender. He does obviously foul too much, but, I mean, that's, you know, part of being a young player and not having a ton of experience. But I think to your point, it's... There might be other guys. I, I certainly would invite Wenyan back to camp and, mm-hmm. and back to, you know, preseason to earn himself a final roster spot. He has earned himself that right. And he might just, he might actually just be substantially better than anybody else we could get. So I'd be okay with him too. I guess I'm just, you know, it. there's so many holes that this team sort of needs to fill. And when you're using up roster spots, or which, as we saw last year, are super, super valuable, um, and you're using them on guys that can only really – you can only really count on them to give you one thing, it it sort of makes it a little hard to justify the spot, I think, going forward. So if you can only really count on Wenyan to give you defense, that's not, like, the worst thing in the world, and he's got great size, and so, you know, maybe he still earns the spot with that. But to guarantee that up front right now – I just don't think like it really makes sense unless he comes into camp and, you know, he starts raining threes or, you know, something like that. Yeah, essentially do your due diligence with Wenyan Gabriel. And if he wins that spot, he wins that spot. But there's no reason why you should. Yeah, like you said, guarantee anything. All right. With that said, this will end our first segment. And then in the second segment, I'll talk about all of the TBD free agents. So guys with club options, team options, player options, non-guaranteed contracts or whatever, who could make it to the free agent market but aren't yet on the free agent market. So we will catch you guys after the turn. All right, so we're back. Tommy has to head out in just a few minutes. But before I get into all of the TBD free agents with player options, club options, etc., I wanted to ask Tommy one last question that pertains to two players who could be TBD free agents. So Tommy... There are going to be two high-profile clutch clients who are guards who could find themselves on the free agent market. Can you guess who those guys would be? Uh, no. (laughs) One of them is very obvious because we had discussions with them during the trade deadline. Terrence Ross? No, no. Okay, so uh, John Wall. Oh, John is going to be one of those guys who the Rockets will likely not be able to find out 
trade partner for, and it's been discussed and rumored that the Clutch will try and facilitate a buyout with him. And then the other one is Eric Bledsoe has a non-guaranteed contract. I think he's owed like $19 million, but he's only guaranteed for $3.9 million. And given that he's on the Blazers, you can almost it's almost assured that they're not going to pick up his full $19 million, right? So right. he's likely going to be a free agent. One, who would you rather get out of John Wall and Eric Bledsoe? And two, if those two guys are on the market, they're surely, at least one of them is surely going to go to the Lakers, right? You would think. How do you feel about that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think any of them. I think they're like classic Lakers moves. So it's going to be interesting to see if they actually do it or if they start to feel some pressure of like, maybe we can't do the thing that everyone expects us to do because it clearly didn't work um, last time. But yeah, I mean, I could see. I think between. I mean, honestly, I view both of them as equally likely. Um, which is alarming because neither of them can shoot. Uh, you know, Bledsoe is an elite defender. I will say, uh, even at this age, he is still an elite defender. But his fit with LeBron is horrific, and um, nobody's seen John Wall play real basketball for you know over a year. So it it it's it doesn't make me excited. Neither of them. Yeah, the fit is clunky. For better or for worse, that may work out in John Wall's favor that he hasn't played in a year. He's the healthiest he's ever been, I guess. And the last time he played with the Rockets, though it was a meaningless season, he did put up 20 points, six assists, et cetera, et cetera. And I think he made two threes a game, even though he only shot 30%, so at least he chucks it. But yeah, the the one caveat I'd have is, since we know one of those guys are going to come in, I hope they really know what they're going to do with THT this season, because we can't, you know... If we bring John Wall in and we bring in Eric Bledsoe, you're pretty much ringing the death bell on THT's development for sure, right? Because you're just hampering him again with another non-shooting guard. So if they do that, then as sad as it is to say, then swing THT for a position that you really need in that case, you know? But I don't know. We'll see. it's It's a weird, interesting angle to look at. All right. So at this point of the show, we're going to let Tommy go. Tommy, thank you for your time. And... To close this show out, as we're teeing off free agency, I wanted to give you sort of a better landscape and totality of who could be available, and you can easily find which guys are going to be unrestricted free agents, so I thought it would be helpful to give you guys a list of potential players who could be free agents but aren't currently because of specific caveats to their contract deals, whether that's their team has a team option on them or they have a player option that they have the ability to exercise, or they're a non-guaranteed deal and their teams could waive them if they wanted to. Or they could be potential restricted free agents where their team has to give them a qualifying offer, but they could become unrestricted free agents if their respective teams rescind that qualifying offer, much in the same way that the Charlotte Hornets did with Malik Monk last year, which gave us the ability to swoop in and sign him to the vet minimum. So I'm going to give you guys a list of TBD free agents that you should sort of bookmark and keep an eye out on because they could end up joining the unrestricted free agency market and be a factor in that list. One name who, of course, won't be a factor on that list anymore is, of course, Robert Covington, who the Clippers re-signed to two years for $24 million. So he is effectively off the market now. So yeah, with that additional caveat out of the way and that recent development, let's get on with our list of TBD free agents. So yeah, I guess the easiest way I'll do this is I'll go position by position. 
And in the point guard section, Colin Sexton of the Cleveland Cavaliers could be an unrestricted free agent if the Cleveland Cavaliers rescind their qualifying offer on him. He was set to maybe sign a very big extension with them last offseason, but they weren't able to come to agreement on a deal, and he ended up suffering a very unfortunate injury. So now he's kind of at the crossroads, and given the team and construction of the roster that the Cleveland Cavaliers have now, you know, it's in question whether or not they even give him his qualifying offer. They may just rescind that the same way that the Charlotte Hornets rescinded Malik Monk's qualifying offer, and in which case he'll become an unrestricted free agent, and he'd probably be shoot up to the top of point guards with some high potential and upside. So there's Colin Sexton. We also have guys like, and, you know, it's fitting that we started this uh, section off with John Wall and Eric Bledsoe, but as I mentioned, with as, as I talked about with Tommy, John Wall and Eric Bledsoe could also enter unrestricted free agency. John Wall, if he's bought out or he's able to reach a buyout agreement with the Houston Rockets because he's an expiring $47 million this upcoming season. And then Eric Bledsoe, because obviously, as I mentioned, he has a partially guaranteed $3.9 million of a $19 million contract that I'm sure the Portland Trailblazers are not keen to pay. Outside of them, though, there's also Aaron Holiday and Facundo Compazzo of the Denver Nuggets, Aaron Holiday of the Phoenix Suns. Both of these guys could become unrestricted free agents if their respective teams rescind their qualifying offer from them. So moving on to the shooting guards category in terms of guys who are not currently unrestricted free agents but could be free agents, we've got Patty Mills and Pat Connaughton. Uh, Both of them have player options, and if they opt out of those player options, they could enter unrestricted free agency. Both of those guys could help the Lakers, obviously, veteran dudes who have played for competitive teams. We've also got... Dante DiVincenzo, who's 25, and Lonnie Walker, who's 23. Dante played with the Sacramento Kings for a bit last year after getting traded. And then Lonnie Walker has been playing for the Spurs his entire career. Both of them could be unrestricted free agents if their teams rescind their qualifying offer. We've also got Svima Kailu, who's 24 years old. He has a player option. If he chooses to opt out of that and become an unrestricted free agent, that's a former ex-Laker who could be an interesting add. And then Shake Milton, who's 25 years old. The Philadelphia 76ers have a club option on him. And, you know, he's a scoring guard. He can't shoot that well from three, but he has shown the ability to create for himself. So if you're looking for a scoring guard off the bench, Shake Milton might be that guy for, like, the veteran minimum. Staying on the Sixers, Danny Green also has a non-guaranteed $10 million contract. I think the Sixers will probably just pick that up, but who knows if... They choose to waive him, then Danny Green comes on the market. They do have to pay James Harden, I believe. So, yeah, former ex-Laker Danny Green, former world champion, might be on the market again. So keep a lookout for him. Those are the TBD free agents in the shooting guard category. Moving on to 3 and D wings, guys who are on the fringe of becoming free agents, look out for Kelly Oubre and KCP. So it's unlikely that these guys enter unrestricted free agency, but I'm just adding them here because their contracts are partially guaranteed and there's a chance that if their respective teams are in a pinch contractually, they don't want to get into the luxury tax, that they may just waive both of these guys because they're only partially guaranteed. Kelly Oubre has $5 million partially guaranteed of a $12.6 million deal. 
again, you have to think that they'll trade Kelly Oubre before waving him and put him in part of a package, maybe the Lakers package, who knows. But they also have a lot of things that they have to keep into account this offseason, including paying Miles Bridges a potential max. So they may also cut Oubre for savings, but again, that's unlikely. And then there's KCP. He's going to be 29 next season. Former Laker great KCP, former champion. He is $4.8 million guaranteed of a $14 million contract. For me, there is no reason why the Wizards don't pick this option up. I mean, it's expiring. He can help their team next year. Supposedly, they're going to be they're going to try and be a competitive team next year as they have been trying every year. Beal will be there, Chris Stapps will be there. Kuzma had a great year for the Wizards. So, there's no reason why the Wizards don't pick up KCP's full contract, but just in case they don't, uh, KCP could technically become an unrestricted free agent and wouldn't Lakers fans love that? Outside of Kelly Oubre and KCP, guys like P.J. Tucker and Nick Batum also have player options. So if they opt out of those, they could be unrestricted free agents. A guy like Jay Sean Tate of the Houston Rockets, he's only 26 years old. The Houston Rockets have a club option on him. So if they choose to forego that, he could enter the market. And then we also have a crop of restricted free agents or guys who could become restricted free agents that I think are pretty intriguing. There's Cody Martin from Charlotte. He's only 26 years old. There's his twin brother, Caleb Martin, 26 years old, from the Miami Heat. Amir Coffey of the Clippers, 25 years old. And then Kevin Knox of the Atlanta Hawks, formerly the New York Knicks. He's only 22 years old. All these guys, if their qualifying offers are rescinded, could become unrestricted free agents. They're all young. They all have good size, about 6'6 and up. Kevin Knox for sure is going to become an unrestricted free agent. I don't see why the Atlanta Hawks would even extend his qualifying offer to him because I think he'd get like five to six million dollars. And at that point, he's too much of a project, too raw to even commit that much to him. Also in the same boat, I forgot to add this name, Josh Akogi of the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Timberwolves have to make a decision whether or not to give him his qualifying offer and make him restricted and make him a restricted free agent as well. So it's very likely that he becomes a free agent on the market. And given how barren this Wings market is, uh, the Lakers should probably take a look. He's a very defensive-minded guard, very stout body. Um, Can't shoot, but I think he's always been prominent with his defense. So he's a little on the shorter end, only 6'4", but he does have a 7-foot wingspan, almost THT-like. He's only 23 years old, going to be 24 next season. So former number 20 first round pick in 2018. So if he becomes an unrestricted free agent, he's someone the Lakers should look at for the minimum. And then there's Kenrich Williams. He also has a non-guaranteed contract and could be waived by the Oklahoma City Thunder. But it's only $2 million guaranteed. So or it's only a $2 million contract. So I'd have to think that they just picked that up. So yeah, there's Kenrich Williams. Other guys with club options would be O'Shea Brissett, only 24 years old, Indiana Pacers. Hamadou Diallo, 23 years old, out of the Detroit Pistons. If their respective teams don't use their team options on them, they could be on the market. And those are two guys and two wings that I hope the Lakers would take a look at for some upside. And then there's also Troy Brown Jr., 23 years old, of the Chicago Bulls, and Jordan Nora of the Milwaukee Bucks, 23 years old as well. Yeah, so those are two wings who have upside especially Troy Brown Jr., former lotto pick of the Washington Wizards, can kind of do it all, can pass, has good length, defensive potential. 
Not a great shooter, but he has shown the ability to shoot from the outside. Um, these are two guys who, if they enter unrestricted free agency and aren't extended their qualifying offer, I would hope the Lakers look at. Jordan Noir is more of the shooter out of these two, but I'd have to think the Milwaukee Bucks retain him because they do need cheap young talent at the end of their bench, and they've already invested in him. But Troy Brown Jr., I think, has a good shot to become an unrestricted free agent. So look out for him. Moving on to the power forwards, the TBD power forwards, we've got Maxi Kleber, 31 years old, on a $9 million non-guaranteed deal. If Dallas is in a pinch trying to re-sign Jalen Brunson, maybe they let Kleber go, but I doubt it. Guys like Juancho Hernan Gomez, Danilo Gallinari, Mo Wagner, and Chemezi Metu also have partially non-guaranteed contracts and could be waived by their teams. So keep a lookout for them. I think the guys who are maybe realistic in this category to get bought out would be Juancho Hernan Gomez and maybe Danilo Gallinari, who's going to be 34 years old next year. He's $5 million guaranteed of a $21 million contract, which is a lot. So I feel like the Hawks would try and save their money in that capacity. And you could find Danilo Gallinari on the unrestricted free agency market. So keep a lookout for him. And I also obviously like Quancho Hernan Gomez. We've also got guys like Jermichael Green, Jeff Green, and Bobby Portis who have player options and could become unrestricted free agents if they're looking for longer term deals. Although I doubt it for any of these guys, especially Bobby Portis. He likely signed for cheaper with Milwaukee so that Milwaukee could get his bird rights and give him a bigger raise this offseason. But those are some guys with player options in the power forward tweener spot. Guys like Trey Lyles, Jalen McDaniels, and Nas Reed have club options on them. So if their teams don't pick that up, they could be on the free agency market as well. And I would love, love, love Jalen McDaniels, who's only 24 years old. Older brother of Jaden McDaniels, obviously. Very lanky guy, six foot ten with a seven foot one wingspan. The tools and the length are there. It's just about molding and shaping him at this point. And then guys who could have qualifying offers rescinded from them would be Utah Watanabe, 27 years old, Toronto Raptors. Isaiah Roby, 24 years old. He's 6'8 with a 7'3 wingspan. Kind of an intriguing, versatile big out of OKC. OKC could rescind their qualifying offer from him. And then Bruno Fernando, 23 years old, 6'9", 7'4", wingspan, formerly played with the Boston Celtics. But yeah, those are guys who could become restricted free agents or unrestricted if their teams rescind their qualifying offers. So those are the caveats for the power forward slash tweener big section. Okay, our last section, the centers crop. Who are some TBD free agents? Um, Let's see. Guys who are partially guaranteed and could become... Waived would be Mason Plumley of the Hornets, $4.2 million of an $8 million contract guaranteed. I could realistically see that happening. There's also Al Horford. He's going to be 35 next year. He's got $14 million of a $26 million contract guaranteed. I think the Celtics would just guarantee him since he's expiring at that point. He's very crucial to what they're doing and played very well for them last year. So, you know, put an asterisk on that. There's Zach Collins, 24 years old, battled his way back from injury last season and played a couple games towards the end with the San Antonio Spurs. You know, if he were healthy, he's a guy who has a ton of upside, is very versatile, can space it from the floor, pretty agile and and mobile as a big. He's got $4 million of a $7 million contract guaranteed. So it's very likely that he could be waived, but maybe San Antonio wants to continue to develop him. But Yeah, Mason Plumlee, Al Horford, Zach Collins all have partially guaranteed contracts. 
And then in terms of guys with player options who could opt out of their player options and enter unrestricted free agency, we've got Derek Favors, 31 years old. He's got a $9 million expiring player option. I think he'll opt into that unless another team somehow gives him a multi-year deal at that same price or even the mini MLE of $6 million. I doubt it. And then we've also got... Tony Bradley, 24 years old, um, six foot ten with a seven foot four wingspan out of Chicago. He's got a player option as well, but he's only gonna he's only gonna make two million dollars next year, so it's plausible that he'll opt out of that in search for a multi-year deal. So he could be a free agent. Um, guys who have club options on them in this center crop are. Here's a name Lakers fans will like, Ivica Zubats. The Clippers have a $7.5 million club option on him. He's only 25 years old, or he's going to be 25 years old. And if the Clippers think they're spending too much on their books, they may let Zubats loose, but I doubt it. But wouldn't Lakers fans love that? Zubats reunion. And then on the lower end scale of things, the Detroit Pistons also have a club option on Luka Garza, 23 years old. I just think he's intriguing because he can space the floor. He's got good length at 6'11 with a 7'1 wingspan. He was uh, the 52nd pick last season. He was killing it in the summer league last year. That's pretty much all I remember him from. That's how his name stands out to me. But yeah, the Pistons have a club option on him. In terms of guys who could enter restricted free agency or unrestricted free agency, if their teams rescind the qualifying offer, guys in those lists include... Nick Claxton, 23 years old, 6 foot 11, 7 foot 2 wingspan, in spite of the fact that he shot the worst free throw percentage in NBA history, I believe, in the playoffs for the Nets. I still think the Nets will try and retain him, give him his qualifying offer, and make him a restricted free agent. Although, who knows? Crazier things have happened. Maybe they let him loose. But yeah, Nick Claxton could be an unrestricted free agent if he's let out of his qualifying offer. Uh, There's also Marvin Bagley, 23 years old, of the Detroit Pistons, former number two pick of the Sacramento Kings in 2018, 6'11", 7'1", wingspan, started to show some flashes with the Pistons towards the end of the year. They traded for him. They might invest in him. So I think they'll give him a qualifying offer. Um, And then my number one target in this section would be Mo Bamba, 24 years old. I think the Magic would extend his qualifying offer to him and make him a restricted free agent, but... They've also started to go the way of Wendell Carter and smaller bigs this season, more versatile tweener bigs instead of Mo Bamba. And in his career with the Magic, he's only played like 20 minutes each season. They really have never let him loose for one reason or another. So I'm not sure if they're ready to pay him, you know, big money, even including his qualifying offer. I think he's set to make, if no one bids for him next season, So Mo Bamba's qualifying offer next year that the Magic can offer him would be $10 million. I'm not sure, even though the Magic are a tank team and they have cap space, I'm not sure if they're ready to commit that much to Mo Bamba, but maybe they are. But I'm just putting his name out here, obviously, as a caveat. And if he were were to become an unrestricted free agent, that's one of the main bigs that I would look to because he can obviously space the floor. He sort of had a breakout year with the Magic last year, even though I think he played his most minutes with them. He... Yeah, averaged the most minutes he's ever had, 25 minutes. Like the three years prior to that, he averaged 15 minutes, 14 minutes, 16 minutes. But last year, they kind of set him loose a little bit. He averaged 10.6 points, 8.1 rebounds, 1.7 blocks, 48% from the field. That's not great. But 
38% from three, hitting 1.5 a game is kind of what my eyes are drawn to. So Mo Bamba would definitely be an option if he became an unrestricted free agent. And so would Nick Claxton. But yeah, I think that pretty much does it in terms of the caveats for bigs. Guys like Moses Brown and Nemeus Keita also could have qualifying offers extended to them by their respective teams. But these were guys who, especially as it pertains to Moses Brown, were in the G League last year. So we'll see. But if Moses Brown enters unrestricted free agency again, I would take a flyer on him as well. The Cleveland Cavaliers can give him the qualifying offer, very cheap qualifying offer. So I'd imagine they do that. And then Nemeus Keita is with the Sacramento Kings. He's 22 years old. Seven-footer with a seven-foot-four wingspan, former number 39th pick last year. So those are two lower-end names to keep in mind as it pertains to, you know, young bigs who are on the fringe of being in or out of the league, but they could enter unrestricted free agency as well. All right, with that said, I have rambled long enough. I hope that was informative for you guys. I know I kind of sped through that bullet speed, lightning speed, but I just wanted to give you a complete landscape of free agency. So these are the guys who are not clear-cut unrestricted free agents that I wanted you guys to be notified of before we start, you know, ranking our free agents in the mini MLE category or the veteran minimum category. So I hope that was insightful and informative. I hope you weren't bored by that. Uh, But yeah, with that said, thank you guys for listening. Moving ahead, we will start getting into specific names and analyzing specific free agent prospects and how we would rank them position by position. So stay tuned for that. And yeah, please rate and review us on the Apple Podcast app. Five stars would be great. We're really doing a lot with regards to our early free agency coverage. So we hope you guys appreciate the work that we're pumping out. Um, But yeah, our free agency coverage is off and underway. So stay tuned for more in-depth episodes in the future. With that said, I will catch you guys next time. This has been the Lakers Legacy Podcast. Laters. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.